Let's give it up one more time. The Lord moving in this place. Thank you, worship team, for leading us in a time of song and praise. Praise the Lord indeed. We have been in this series through Ephesians chapter 4, and we've titled it On Off, On Off, as God has been speaking to us through this powerful letter to the uh, church in Ephesus on what it means and what it looks like to put off the old self and to put on the new self. And I don't know about you, but this has been a real treat and challenge uh, for, for me at, at digging into these scriptures because, man, some of these, are, some of these will, will pinch you a little bit, make you, uh, make you assess and examine areas in your life to make sure you get them right because we want to put off the old and we want to walk in the new. So that's where we're at today. If you have a Bible, and I hope that you do, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. We're really going to lean into one verse of Scripture here today and kind of wring it out like a rag and prayerfully get all the good treasure that the Lord has for us out of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Ephesians 4, verse 30. If you're hungry, say, I'm hungry. If you're ready, say, ready. If you're ready, say, let's eat. Here we go. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. The Apostle Paul inserts this powerful text of Scripture right here. And he says, walk church and those who are listening online. I want you to do this. I want you to to focus in, to lean in, and, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. That's what Pastor Paul is writing, but inspired by God, good and perfect for us today. And something that's powerful about this one verse is that it's actually sandwiched in between a bunch of this on-off language, right? Like a few weeks ago, we talked about, hey, God calls us to be angry at times, but to make sure that our anger is holy, right? So we need to be slow to get there and quick to resolve it and and quick to examine the, the heart and ask our hearts, why are we angry? And if we are angry, what do we need to do about that to make sure it's holy anger? Then we moved on from there, and we talked about how we're called to put off lying and falsehoods. And, and, and not just have lying in the church like pleasantries that aren't even true. Like, oh, yeah, I'm doing great, but we're not doing great. If that's the case. Or, yeah, I'm going to pray for you, but are you really going to pray for me? we got to put off lying as well and potentially being fake at times. Uh, we talked about uh, our words last week, right? Our words hold power. Our words hold weight. A powerful message from Pastor Ryan on Ephesians chapter 4, 28 through 30, uh, anchoring in on our words and and even our honesty, right? Not stealing, not thieving, because this is the new self. The old self has been put away. The old self is gone. The new self is who we are. So if you're in Christ today, we got to continue to grow deeper into who we are, our new self, which is him. And so this verse is important right here. I was tempted to preach on a few verses, uh, but when I really began to dig deep into verse 30 alone, I said, man, this is a message in itself. And I want us to really lean in and get as much as we can out of this one verse. It says, do not. Now, I think this is something that we should really just emphasize for a second. This phrase, do not, it's the Greek word may. It's just M-E with the little squiggly on the top right. In other words, I just said this is a verse for me, and this is a verse for you. 
And we need to identify the do not verses in the Bible and say, okay, what's God calling us not to do? Because that's important, right? We, we need the instruction manual for our daily living. This is a do not verse. And I know that I need to be careful here because if, we, if, we, if we're not careful, we can get into legalism or, or Phariseeism where we start to only just do religious duties like do's and don'ts. Okay, I can't do this. I only can do that. And we get inside this, this square where... There's no freedom in Christ. I don't want that to be this message. Yet at the same time, I don't want to get so far away from the scripture, of course, that we don't examine and identify cases where it says do not. This is a do not verse which should trigger something in our hearts and minds where we say, okay, we got to lock in here. So are you guys ready to lock in? If you're ready, say ready. ready. Let's get the most out of this passage. It says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And when I read this, this word, I thought, you know what, that's an interesting word. I've, I'm familiar with this verse, but I never really noticed the relational aspect of this verse. This, this word grieve here is an intimate word. Charles Spurgeon says that the word grieve is the perfect, perfect combination of hurt and love. It's where I'm hurt, but it's because I love so much. That's what it means to grieve somebody. To gr- Have you ever grieved over someone you didn't love or someone you didn't know? Not really, right? Maybe you felt some type of way, but gr- true grieving happens in, in family-type relationship. So the word of God for us today is do not grieve this loving family dynamic. Who? The Holy Spirit of God. Now, notice the text could say, do not frustrate the Holy Spirit of God. It it didn't say, do not anger the Holy Spirit of God. This is real relational stuff. The Holy Spirit of God is the next uh, person in this moment right here that I really want to lock in on. The Holy Spirit of God is a big deal. And I think so often in church, we love God the Father, the creator of all, right? We love God the Son, Jesus Christ, and somehow we forget about the Holy Spirit of God. But the Holy Spirit of God is the leader of this church. The Holy Spirit of God is the leader of our lives as Christians, and he is right here in this text on full display. So what I want to do with the rest of our time here is I just want to take some time to really discuss this Holy Spirit found in verse 30. The first thing that I want you to know about the Holy Spirit of God is that the Holy Spirit's a real person. The Holy Spirit is a real person. I know early on in my walk, I sometimes would refer to the Holy Spirit as an it. And I, and, and I had to realize, he's not an it, he's a person. See, an it can't be grieved. A person can. This person is the Holy Spirit of who? God. This is God's Spirit living in us and with us. The Holy Spirit is a very real person and, and a real a very real person can be grieved but can also be excited can can be sorrowful but at the same time can be joyful and I think if there's something that we could ask ourselves today walk church is this are we living with a grieved Holy Spirit or an ungrieved Holy Spirit or do you even have the Holy Spirit of God in you at all and I know these are challenging questions, but hey, why not? Why, why play around? Why don't we just go right for it? Because some of us could be living our lives week to week, day by day, grieving 
the Holy Spirit of God. I, I don't know about you, but I know for me, I want to I wanna do the opposite of that. I want to wake up every morning and the Spirit of God in me say, let's do this today. I want to wake up every day and the Holy Spirit of God wake up and say, I've been waiting for you to get up. I want to do some spiritual stuff today. I want to grow deeper with God today. I want to have a divine appointment today. I want to share with somebody about Jesus today. I think that's the type of Spirit of God stuff that he wants to produce in us and through us. The other stuff that surrounds this verse are things that grieve the Holy Spirit. Our words could potentially grieve the Holy Spirit. Our, our lying could grieve the Holy Spirit. Stealing could grieve the Holy Spirit. Being fake and falsehoods could, could grieve the Holy Spirit. I think it's important that we talk about who the Holy Spirit is and what are the things that grieve the Holy Spirit and to make sure that we stay far away from those things. I like how Warren Wearsby says it in his commentary on the book of Ephesians. He writes on this verse and he says, We do not lose our salvation because of our sinful attitudes. He says, but we certainly lose the joy of our salvation and the fullness of the Spirit's blessing. Because when we grieve the Holy Spirit, it's not like he's going to leave us because he's a faithful God, isn't he? The Holy Spirit of God is faithful to stick with us even when we grieve him. He doesn't just get up and pack his stuff up and leave. He's like, you know, it was cool hanging with you, Jason, but I'm out. That's not how he does. He says, look, even when you're faithless, I'm still going to remain faithful. But let me ask you this. Who wants to live with somebody who's always grieving? If I, if, if, I, if I just hang out with somebody all day, they're just, you know, they're Eeyore. Uh, hi, Pooh. <laughs> you know? Come on, Eeyore, let's do something. All right. You know? Or, or they're just grieving all the time. Right? There's grieving. You got to get that right. And the Holy Spirit's like, I don't want to just grieve all day with you. I want to light it up. I want to encourage you. I want to help you. I want to strengthen you. I want to empower you. And he wants to do that. And that, that means that the ball falls back in our court. Are we doing things that grieve the Holy Spirit? I think that could just be a point of examination to say, okay, is this where I'm at? And what needs to change? Because remember, this is a do not verse. This is an off on series. What needs to fall off? What do I need to put on? Right? Does that make sense? Because the Holy Spirit is a real person. The second point I want you to see about this scripture is that not only is the Holy Spirit a real person, but the Holy Spirit, praise God, is our protector. The Holy Spirit of God is our protector. And I was trying to find the right word to use uh, when, when describing the Holy Spirit, and I felt like the Lord just began to put on my heart, he's our protector. Where does that come from? Let's look at verse 30 together one more time. It says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. We got that figured out. By whom you were sealed. By whom you were sealed. I love this verse right here. It says that the Holy Spirit of God seals us. What do you think of when you think of the word seal? Some of y'all are like animal lovers. You can just see this beautiful seal. But that's not what I'm talking about right now. No diss to seals, right? But, but when I think of the word seal in this case, I'm kind of reminded of this past week, my wife sent me on a trip to the dollar store. And she said, I need you to pick up an item. It's going to cost you a dollar, all right? Stay in your lane. She goes, I want you to get these bags. 
but the good bags with the seal. Make sure that the seal is good. The seal is strong. Because if the seal is not strong, then the bag could have the tendency to break. And what happens if the seal on the bag isn't good? Then it could affect the things that are inside. Amen? Right? All of a sudden, there could be some contamination. Or other little things could maybe get in the bag. Or all of a sudden, germs could come in. Or the thing that's inside the bag could get rotten or stale or molded. And, and the, the thing about it is we need to get the good seal to protect what's inside. I praise God that the scripture tells us here that God has sealed us with his Holy Spirit. That God has said, I'm going to keep you safe. I'm going to keep you protected. I'm going to keep my eye on you, my ear towards you, my mouth towards you, because I'm sealing you with my spirit. Now that's so neat right there. Because that reminds me that he's with me. And he's going to get me through. And he's going to protect me. And so what that involves sometimes, that involves conviction. Have any, has any of you ever felt the Holy Spirit convicting you? I know I have. Spirit of God will just, I'll do something, I'll see something, I'll say something. And the Holy Spirit of God will just begin to uh, uh, convict me. And, and really, conviction is just a sign that he's grieving. And conviction is the Holy Spirit grieving, saying, time out, whoa, 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 blow the whistle. Because the Holy Spirit is our coach. He says, hey, you, you ran the wrong play there. You got to get that right. And I'm going to help you do it because I've sealed you with my promise. I've sealed you with my protection. I've sealed you with my uh, deliverance. I, I can remember when we were getting ready to start Walk Church. And there was all types of different things we needed to establish in order for our church to uh, be legitimate when it came to the, the state's eyes and the city's eyes. And so we got all this paperwork and all these documents and we paid all these different fees to make sure that everything was in place to get right on point with Walk Church being legitimized. And then one day I had a, a brother of mine, a friend of mine who knows this area well. He checked all of our paperwork. I said, I want to make sure everything's right before we start. And he went through all of our paperwork, and he found, he goes, ah, that's the paper I was looking for. And he goes, you guys aren't done yet. And I said, what else do you need? He goes, you need the seal. He goes, you got to send this paper into the city. They're going to acknowledge all the different components you have. And when you get that seal of approval from the city, you're good. But until you get that seal, you're not legit. And I was like, okay, let's go get the seal. I don't know if this makes sense to you today, but let me go ahead and put it to you like this. Some of y'all are not legit. I love you enough to tell you that. But some of you can go to a charge group every day of the week. You could come to walk church every Sunday. You could even pay your tithes and offerings. You could even get water baptized. But until you're sealed with the Holy Spirit of God, that's not who you are. I'm just telling you. There's like three people clapping. I'm with y'all on it. You have to be sealed with the presence and spirit of God. Because honestly, you won't make it, church. Like, hear me as, as, your, as your pastor. I, I've seen too many people over, over my time of ministry, whether that was in Las Vegas or whether that was in the south or whether that was in the east or whether that was in the Middle East. I've seen this happen. People come in, get excited about God, get excited about church, Get excited about people. 
I'll show up. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. And then three months, you don't see him again. And you're like, what happened? They're like, oh, you know. I'm like, no, I don't know. That's why I asked you. Well, you know. No. What happened? I tried it out. It just because it wasn't my thing. No, what you're saying is you just never had the Holy Spirit. You, you did a lot of good activity on your own. You tried, to, you tried to play the game, but you just never were sealed with the Holy Spirit because if you're sealed with the Holy Spirit, you're going to make it. And he's going to stay on you like, I'm still here. And I ain't going nowhere. You might as well get it right or else you're going to live with a grieved spirit. You're going to wake up the next day and the Holy Spirit's going to be like, hey, man, how you doing? You ready to get it right today or not? You got to get it right today. It's when we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. When you believe in the Holy Spirit, when you believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit has a job to make us more holy. He's the Holy Spirit, right? If he were the worldly spirit, he would make us more like the world. If he were a sensual spirit, he would make us more sensual or sexual. He's the Holy Spirit. He makes us more like God. And he's not going to stop. This is good news, by the way. Until we, we get to heaven. And, and, and there's like two people like, should I clap? Should I clap? Come on, go ahead and clap. Because he's going to take us there. The Holy Spirit's going to be the one that walks us down the aisle. And says, Jesus, here he is. Look at my work. I've been working on him for 10, 20, 30, 50 years. I sealed him. I sealed him. This is going to be a challenging statement. I'm just going to go ahead and do it anyway. And you take it up with the Holy Spirit, all right? <laughs> um, I, I, Nina and I, we've, we've met people that in, in a way has kind of surprised us. Um, because certain people we've met. Uh, all around, not just, you know, in Vegas, but all around this. And it's interesting because they'll say, hey, this is my husband, or like, this is my wife. And then we'll get to know them later on, and then we'll realize they weren't actually ever really married. They just acted like it. They had kids and live in the same house and all that, those types of things, and say, hey, yeah, you know, this, this is how we, we're, we're pretty much married. We're basically married. We just haven't got any official paperwork to say we're married. Let me just go. If that's you, you're not married. So you're lying. You're grieving the Holy Spirit of God. And you're living this falsehood. That's the, that's the old life. You got to put on the new life and get that, that situated and get that right. Or the Holy Spirit is going to be grieved. And, and, and it's not true. And what I thought about was kind of the time when, when Nina and I, when we went to Israel. See, Nina and I, we got married in Israel. And it was a sweet time, and, and I was out there playing professional basketball. And I remember Nina moved out, and we had a, 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 a wedding right away because we didn't want to live together until we got that whole thing situated. It was awesome. We had a, a wedding at a Messianic Jewish congregation, and there were 16 people there. Our basketball team, Nina and I, and the guy doing the wedding. Praise the Lord, right? We did it. It was a sweet time. It was fun. And then when we came back to uh, America... Uh, th- they, there wasn't anything that, that proved or officialized. Our paperwork from Israel wasn't good here. So they're like, and not that we weren't married or anything like that. That was already taken care of. But in order for it to be officialized here in Vegas, the word that they gave us was like, hey, you got to take, take your paperwork down to the city. You got to go get a, a, a document. And then they got to give you a seal that says you're married. 
or else it's not, it's not seen in their eyes as officially a marriage. And, and, and that's, that's some of us here. This, this topic wasn't really about marriage as much as it is, but if, if you take that and receive that, go do something with it and get that situated. I love the people who say, well, we're pretty much married. I'm just like, well, why don't you just get married then? There you go. There's your answer. There's your answer, right? Stop faking. So I'm pretty much like a Christian. You're not. I'm kind of like saved. I love when people tell their story. I don't love it. I don't like it. People tell their story. Well, this, I, I, I kind of got saved like last year. And there's no kind of. Either you did or you didn't. Either you're sealed with the Holy Spirit or you're not sealed or the bag's still open. And you guys like those bags that the seal breaks and you're like trying to seal it back and it just won't close? That's not the Bible. That's not how Jesus and the Holy Spirit work. If you're sealed, you're sealed. The Holy Spirit wants to seal us to get us to the purpose on our lives. And he's got so much special stuff for us. And he's got such a powerful calling on each one of our lives. And the thing that I love about the Holy Spirit is that he's committed, amen? I'm grateful for a committed relationship with God. That God said, yeah, when I gave you my yes, I meant it. And he takes us and he walks with us. Let me give you the third and final point that I want to talk about the Holy Spirit here. It says not only is he a real person and not only does the Holy Spirit protect us, but I praise God that the Holy Spirit is willing to go the distance. Church, hear me. The, the Holy Spirit's willing to go the distance. I don't know. Let me, let me see if it, it works again. The, the Holy Spirit's willing to go the distance. Nobody? That he hasn't tapped out yet? That the Holy Spirit's like, you doing the same thing again? Ah, I'm out. I'm going to go hang with somebody else. No, the Holy Spirit's willing to go the distance. The Holy Spirit's willing to put up with all of our mess and make it our message. The Holy Spirit's willing to go the distance. Even Jesus uh, affirmed this point when he was in the garden on his knees, praying, sweating drops of blood. Jesus is in this moment, the, the most difficult night of his life, the Garden of Gethsemane. And here's the words he shares with his disciples out of Matthew 26. He says, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. That's some good strategy right there on. If, you, if you're trying to defeat temptation, get a prayer life. But then the next thing he says is great. He says, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's why we got to put off the old. we got to put on the new. Because the spirit of God is willing, y'all. Let me go ahead and tell you, the Spirit is willing to get up early and read the Bible. He is. The Spirit's willing to go to church every Sunday. The Spirit of God is willing. I mean, it's pathetic the day we live in. I just read a poll from Barna Research. It says that the, the faithful churchgoer now goes to church maybe once a month. That's the definition of faithful? What do you call the person that goes every week? They're, they're, they're a radical saint, you know, like, wow. I, here's what I believe. The Holy Spirit of God is willing. Are you willing? Is he in you? It reminds me of like these old Gatorade commercials. I remember seeing the Gatorade commercials and Michael Jordan would pop on the screen and say, is it in you? <laughs> Jesus is like, is he in you? Is the Spirit of God in you? 
because he's willing to go the distance. You're correct. If you think, man, I can't defeat this sin in my life, this struggle in my life. I can't do it. You're right. You can't. But he's willing. The Spirit of God is willing to do it. He's willing to go the distance. Let Let me show it to you out of Ephesians 4, verse 30. We're almost done, church. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. His sealing doesn't have an expiration date on it. His sealing is for the day of redemption. He did it to get us there. He's going to keep us till we get there. I like how J. Vernon McGee said it in his commentary on Ephesians. He says, he seals you until the day when he will present you to the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, that's going to be a good day. Come on, that's going to be a good day. Right? That's going to be a good day. I like this, the, the, the song we just sang, Cornerstone. When he shall come with trumpet sounds, oh, may I then in him be found. Dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless stand before the throne. The Holy Spirit's going to be like, hey, Jesus, this is hiding. Come on. The Holy Spirit, this is Deck. This is Jimmy. This is Nina, right? This is Harrison. This is Bert. These are my people. I've been growing them. I've been working on them. The Holy Spirit's going to present you to the Lord Jesus Christ. A believer cannot unseal his work, which continues to the day of redemption. But the believer may grieve him. What is the great difference between Christians today? The real difference is that some Christians live with a grieved Holy Spirit. Some live with an ungrieved Holy Spirit. Let me ask you, which one are you? We can clap. Which one are you? That's a question you got to ask yourself. I mean, you can talk on the phone all night, but right before you go to sleep, ask God, which one am I? Am I the person that lives with the grieved Holy Spirit or the ungrieved Holy Spirit? Because our God, he wants to take us to the day of redemption. I noticed that the the scripture doesn't end by saying he's going to take us to heaven but to the day of redemption. What does the word redemption mean? That he wants to redeem things in your life. The word redeem by definition is to restore to its original purpose. That God created you, Walk Church, in his image, that's good. In his likeness, that's good. Perfect and holy, God made you righteous. God made you with him. Go back to the garden. Look at Adam and Eve walking with God in the cool of the day, enjoying his creation. Sin messed that up. Sin hindered that. God is saying, I sent you the Holy Spirit to get you back there. And he's going to do whatever he can to make sure he gets you back there. It's like a car, you got the little check engine light on. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will turn the light on in your life. Like, ding, ding, this right here needs to get right. And whatever that is, and sometimes during different seasons, that thing changes, doesn't it? Sometimes it's this thing, and we got to get that right. Sometimes it's this thing, we got to get that right. But praise God, the Holy Spirit sealed us until the day of redemption. He's willing to go the distance. He's willing to go the distance. The last quote that I'll use is from uh, Pastor John Piper. 
then I'll close and we're gonna move into a time of partaking in communion together. It's the last Sunday of the month. Oh, I mean, it's the first Sunday of the month. I'm sorry. It's the first Sunday of the month. It's the first Sunday of the month. And on the first Sunday of the month, we always partake in the Lord's Supper together. So we're gonna open up these tables and before you partake, ask yourself, Holy Spirit, what am I grieving you with? And, 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 and until he shows you what that is, and you're willing to give it to him, maybe refrain for a minute. Talk to God and say, Lord, what, do I, what am I grieving you? What do I need to let go of? What do I need to release so that the Holy Spirit can release? Blessing, anointing, calling into my life. Piper says it like this. The hope of all believers, guaranteed by the seal of the Spirit, is that at the end of history, we will come to a day of redemption instead of a day of damnation. What then is this day of redemption? It's the day when the long battle with sin will be over. It's the day when the deepest longings of our heart will be satisfied with the sight of the glory of the grace of God in the face of Jesus. It's no more groaning with imperfection. It's no more waiting, no more frustrated longings. Our redemption will be complete. That's it. We're going that direction, church. And, and I think this day of redemption is a two-sided coin. One is what's to come and the other is right now. You can experience this right now by saying, Holy Spirit, fill me with your presence. Seal me until the day of redemption. Do not let me go. Some, hey, go ahead and ask the Holy Spirit if you want it. This is a bold prayer. Ask him to increase the conviction. Maybe, maybe you can't, maybe you got numb to the, to the, to the grieving of the Holy Spirit. God, give me, let me feel that again so I can walk with you. We can do this thing the right way. Maybe today you're in here and you're like, you know what, I don't even know if I have the Holy Spirit. Can I give you some good news? You can just ask him. You can talk, remember the Holy Spirit's a person. Talk to him. Luke chapter 11 tells us that you can talk to the Holy Spirit. Actually, let's read this off the screen together, and then we're going to pray. You ready? One, two, three. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Will you ask Him today? This is a spiritual thing. Don't stop asking Him until He does it. Take God at His word. Say, God, you said in Luke eleven thirteen. You will give me your Holy Spirit. I'm not going to stop asking until you do. Until I leave here different. A little more free. Go into your closet and, in your, and at your house. Go into somewhere where it's just you and God. Say, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Seal me with your Holy Spirit. For the day of redemption. Amen. I'm going to pray and then we're going to make our way to the Lord's table.